You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings. Good morning. Welcome to the show. It's Thursday, September the 16th. I arrived safely here in Toronto last night. I can't give you the usual weather report because it's still so early in the morning. I can't see what it's doing at the moment. I can only tell you that it's not raining. Anyway, I had a chance to sample a bit of Toronto last night and thought it was a beautiful city. So very pleased to be here ahead of the big Breeders' Cup Challenge Series races from Woodbine at the weekend that you'll be able to see on NBC Sports Network. News coming in from back home. Uh, that is that the star apprentice rider from the UK, Benoit de la Sayette, who was apprenticed to John and Thady Gosden, will be back next month. It's a slightly curious way of presenting this because the truth is he's actually had his hearing for testing positive for a metabolite of cocaine today and they've given him a six-month ban. But because he's already served the vast majority of that, he's able to come back next month. Uh, substances of a, a slightly different kind, but certainly no less significant, came to, to light earlier in the week with two Curious cases involving the jumps trainers Oliver Greenall and Kim Bailey. Uh, Chris Cook picked this up in the Racing Post yesterday. Uh, the British Horse Racing Authority released a statement in which, uh, in, in addition to having withdrawn two horses trained by Bailey and Greenall because they found that the horses had been given a substance that wasn't hay oats water on race day, which you're not allowed to do, even though the substances were perfectly legitimate and over-the-counter herbal preparations, in Bailey's case, they searched his lorry, found two syringes, one full of this stuff called Pulmon Pro, one not. And in the report, it said that uh, on examination, the syringes were found to contain uh, screenings for prohibited substance, even though the mayor herself didn't test positive and therefore he only got the £1,000 fine for giving us something that he shouldn't have done on race day itself. Uh, now, this has rather set the hair running. Uh, and Rishi Pasad, you can see why before we speak to, to trainer Kim Bailey. I, I don't think the entire case is, is that easy to understand in detail. I think on the face of it, you know, the simple uh, way that proceedings unfolded was that there was a, 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 a substance found on Subway Surf of, of Kim Bailey's for, uh, uh, to begin with. And um, that substance, as the BHA pointed out, uh, they highlighted that um, it had screening findings for multiple prohibited substances Obviously, the main thrust of, of, of Kim Bailey's defence in, in the whole proceedings was the fact that, no, uh, the horse Subway Surf had tested negative for banned substances. So in its simplicity, Kim Bailey uh, didn't do anything wrong in terms of administering uh, a, something that his horse ingested. What he accepted he did wrong was that he used uh, the substance that was found uh, Pullman Pro uh, on on Subway Surf on the morning of the race rather than the day before. I guess the, the hard part to to completely ascertain is exactly what the multiple prohibited substances were, and there's no no one explaining uh, anything uh, in in any detail to 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 the media or or to, to punters, um, and that that seems to be to be the major issue as to you know. Uh, exactly what what the herbal treatment 
might be might be used for um, and and what the the multiple prohibited substances might involve. Uh, so it's the it's the relative vagueness of of of, of exactly the details involved in this case that has that's caused uh, a bit of confusion. I think from Kim Bailey's point of view, from Oliver Greenall's point of view, um, what what they have done with their horses doesn't involve anything more than uh, slight errors in in procedure more than anything else. But understandably, if you're looking at this case from the outside and you see that syringes which shouldn't have been there on the race course contained traces of prohibited substances and that's in the BHA report and then you're left scratching your head thinking but hang on a minute it's only a thousand pound fine and the horse was allowed to run a few days later you'd be forgiven for being well confused at best and there is decided opacity as regards what these banned substances actually were and as you'll hear in a moment the only person who can provide a, a plausible explanation for what they might have been and why they might have been there is the trainer himself Kim Bailey, this is what he had to say to me earlier. Um, well, it, it, yes, it's an interesting. We have a, a mare called um, Subway Surf who um, a couple of runs before she ran um, uh, um, at Ludd, or she was run at Ludd, she'd broken blood vessels. Um, and although the, it didn't appear immediately on the race course, when we scoped her afterwards to work out why her performance wasn't as good as we'd hoped, um, there was traces of blood down her track here, which is the reason why um, you know, a lot of trainers panic about what horses or why horses do break blood vessels. Anyway, um, we were um, we we put her on a, a a potion, a herbal potion called Pulmon Pro, which had been recommended to me by um, other trainers who had had similar situations, and they felt it made a difference to their horse's performance. And it's it's a it's a treatment you give um, orally um, in a paste, which you um, syringe into their mouth on a daily basis, um, and you know we we we. We don't know whether it was something that was going to work or not, but we were prepared to give it a try because obviously from the horse's point of view, we want to do the best we can for the horse to make sure she runs accordingly. Um, unfortunately, um, the morning of the race, she was administered with the same treatments, which was a mistake on our part. Um, and obviously when she arrived at the races, um, she had um, or showed some of the um, pace around her mouth. And obviously then the vets were, um, were all over her to work out what was wrong. Um, they found the syringe that had been um, in a box or in a bucket um, and obviously they analysed the syringe um, and analysed the, the, the pace they were given um, and time, you know, um, we got a slap on the wrist for being a very naughty boy because we administered a, 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 a potion on the morning of the race when we shouldn't have done. Um, we are not allowed to give anything to a horse after midnight the day, before, day of a race and unfortunately we, 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 we cocked up by doing this on the morning of. Um, and I, you know, I, I hold my hands up, we're totally to blame for it. But what we gave the horse was a herbal potion and nothing more than that. So the confusion has come because in the BHA's findings, the hearing findings, the fast-tracked hearing findings, it says that the full syringe that still presumably had Pulmon Pro in it, uh, there were screenings of prohibited substances, multiple prohibited substances. Do you know what those prohibited substances were? No, I mean the the the, the syringe has, um, was put in a bucket after after the person had administered, and and that bucket shouldn't have gone in the horse box, um, but anyway, it did end up in the horse box. 
Um, and it's a syringe that, being an oral syringe especially, we would have we would have administered, you know, various other things that might be um, diagnosed or um, told to be given to horses by the vets who, you know, during the season have probably gone to other horses. So, um, you know, it, whereas it should have been a completely clean, un, unused um, oral syringe, it wasn't. It was a it was a syringe that we had used before for other things. So it could have been a multitude of things that we use on a daily basis in a racing yard. So there could have been trace amounts of contaminant prohibited substances in the syringe that was filled with Pulmon Pro? Would that be your best guess? I think, I think that's probably what it was, but the fact that they actually found so little of it wasn't going to make any effects. I mean, you know, all trainers use um, a, a substance called Butte for a painkiller. Um, it could well have been that. We don't, I mean, honestly, I don't know, and I happen to BHA have never enlarged on, on, on what they found. Um, the fact that they, you know, they, found they weren't able to name it suggests to me that they didn't find a huge amount of anything, and it's just very unfortunate that that syringe we use was not um, totally uh, Pluma Pluma Pro. But having said that, I you know I, as I said beforehand, I hold up my hand. You know I'm totally responsible, and hence I accept the one thousand pound fine they gave me and the slap on the wrist that goes accordingly. Um, Unfortunately, it's um, it, it's led to a, you know it led to some things else which I think is slightly unfair. But there we are. That's my fault. Oh no, this this was the point I was going to get to. Insofar as that you've you've held your hands up to to the to the offence there, but. But clearly, when when there's a statement put out saying that there's a syringe full of quote you know prohibited substances, then it's going to set is going to set the hair running. Have you had quite a lot of adverse reaction to that over the last few days? I know you're quite sort of keyed into your social media. Yeah, I mean, social media has been quite interesting. Actually, then I've had absolutely nothing. Um, I've had not one single owner say anything to me. I've had no one else say anything to me. I haven't even had actually the people who produce the uh, the herbal treatment ring me up. So, uh, I mean, bar you and Chris Cook, no one's spoken to me. So, um, 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 you know, that hasn't shown outside social media any interest, really. It's just uh, just one more question, Kim, about stuff like this, these these herbal remedies and sort of natural remedies that in themselves are, are you know, apparently safe to use on on race day as regards substances and so forth. Uh, is there any reason why, why they shouldn't be used on a race day? Do you think there, this is something that the BHA ought to look at? I know you've accepted you've done wrong and broken the rules. Do you think there's a case for the rule to be changed? Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a really difficult. If you make if you make a rule whereby nothing can be given to a horse after midnight the night before, um, you yeah, okay? I know you're giving horses some feed and some hay and, and, and water, but really and truly, that should be it. Um, herbal treatments um, are always a difficult area because at the end of it, they are exactly what they are. And I mean, you know, how many human beings reach for herbal treatments when they can't find the the ideal answer for what they're getting from their doctors? Um, and uh, you know, herbal treatments are exactly what they say they are. They are herbal, but there is always that possibility that some herbs are going to show up in a in a test where others won't. So uh, I think the BHA have to stick by their guns on this one. It's a difficult one, and as I said earlier on, I hold up my hand and say I'm totally guilty. Kim Bailey there, and whilst he and we wouldn't be asking you to excuse the offence such as it was, you may feel now, given his explanations for why there might have been screenings for prohibited substances better informed than you were from the initial press release Rishi and um, slight clearing up of the situation feels like you're moving forward a little bit and that's important. As always Lucky clarity 
helps everyone understand the situation a lot better. Um, and it would make a lot of sense if it was cleared up and we knew exactly what was involved uh, in, in the whole case. And, and it's interesting, obviously, the last few days on social media, there's been a lot of negative uh, feeling toward what, what's gone on in this particular situation. And it has led for example, to uh, the subsequent Racing Post article, which even quotes the fact that it caught the attention of um, of racing fans on, on social media. Um, because there is speculation going on about, I mean, it's just the way the world works. It's speculation and uncertainty leads to further speculation, whereas if someone was to clarify it, then perhaps that would be removed from the equation. Not only that, in the... Uh statement issued by the BHA and it was a fast-tracked case and you could argue whether it should have been a fast-track case or whether there should have been a proper hearing but the fact that it was a fast-track case suggested they didn't think it was particularly serious but they've made it sound very serious they've called the mm. substance that Kim Bailey uses I say a herbal preparation Pullman Pro spelt like the train set P-U-L-L-M-A-N the train carriages sorry um, but uh, it's it's actually pulmon, as in pulmonary, P-U-L-M-O-N, yes. with the herbal preparation, supposed to assist in in horses that that bleed. Um, you know, they've got to get stuff like that right. Right, absolutely. It's it's a very important thing to get across to people because, as we say, the, the devil is always in the detail, and unfortunately, the detail here is very vague. And and when that happens, all it does is it leads people into thinking that there's a lot. People are cynical anyway in the world that we live in, and particularly in the sport of horse racing, well, given the way things have gone on over the last... Yeah, particularly right now. Exactly. The way things have been going for the last six to 12 months. Um, the last thing you need is uncertainty and further speculation as to exactly what trainers are doing with horses at home or indeed on the race course. Now, Richard, we've spoken about the fixture list mm. and the increased congestion on weekends in, in 2022 and opinions for and against more racing on Sundays. There's more fuel on the fire since David Simcock spoke to, to us yesterday and was broadly in favour of, of more more good yeah. quality Sunday racing. Uh, PJA President uh, PJ McDonald has come out uh, rather lukewarm toward the idea and Richard Hannan Jr. has been quite scathing of the idea in terms of, in terms of staffing. I sense this isn't going to go away very quickly. I don't think it, it ought to go away very quickly because I think it's, a, it's quite a serious situation. Um, I can understand the BHA, uh, Richard Wayman, has has made the quote saying that the reason why they want to stage these extra meetings at times when the public can enjoy them. I understand that. And from a racecourse's business point of view, you can understand that as well. But I find it slightly disconcerting that on the one hand, we were praising uh, the BHA for coming up with the, the final decision uh, recently that jockeys can only ride at one meeting in 2022. That will continue because of the welfare, well-being, mental health uh, and, the, and the stresses and strains that will go hand in hand with being able to ride at multiple meetings, etc. the travelling. Yet, on the other hand, you're talking about staff, stable staff, uh, having to be spread as thinly as they are at the moment. And stable staffing has been a huge problem for, for trainers for a long time. And it's not getting any better. It's getting worse. So therefore, to have more fixture, fixtures uh, and to have more fixtures at the weekend puts a strain on that. And, on, and the other thing as well about, about this is, given the fact of how, uh, of how, say, for example, George McGrath has responded, how the PJA have responded, 
I do wonder what consultation has been uh, involved in coming to this decision. How much of a unilateral decision was it by the BHA? Because it does feel as if they didn't really get uh, a proper consultation as to what their plans were, and they've gone ahead with it. I mean, it's 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 almost inevitable across the country that the oh, the more you have, you know, obviously quality and is is going to is going to dim, and that's what people have been saying for a very very long time. You know, I've been in favour of reducing fixtures for a long time. We've spoken about it on this podcast a number of times, and I I, I genuinely believe that this is not the right thing to do unless there's a there's some give elsewhere in the fixture list if you are going to increase fixtures on a saturday and sunday then you really you've got to cut back somewhere you can't then have racing on monday to friday increase the fixture list on a saturday and sunday that's just not fair it's just not fair on the people who are sustaining the sport at the stable staff uh, are those people in particular well this is the time of year where fixtures start becoming a little less um voluminous or the fixture list starts becoming a little less voluminous and the um, excitement toward the back end of the year starts to get a little bit more intense. Uh, Andrew Balding is clinging on to his lead in the Trainers' Championship, Rishi, but I don't really want to just talk about the Trainers' Championship. I want to talk about uh, the march of Charlie Appleby, which was Mm. in evidence again at Sandown Park yesterday. Incredible. Charlie Appleby, obviously we know how brilliant his three-year-olds have done this year. I mean, that's pretty obvious for anyone watching. But he continues to produce two-year-olds who are very exciting. Arguably the most exciting two-year-old in Europe, or certainly in Britain and Ireland, is Native Trail, as we saw in Ireland on the weekend. And he unleashed another uh, potential star in Gold Spur. I'm not entirely certain what Gold Spur beat at Sandown uh, yesterday, but you can't fail to be impressed by the way he travelled through the race and the way he quickened away from from Wolsey, uh, he won by what was it six six and a bit lengths, um, uh, and he clearly looks as if he relished the job yesterday. He's got, as you can imagine, uh, a gorgeous pedigree, a son of Dubawi. So uh, it's yet another exciting name to add to Charlie Appleby's uh, list of, of of top class prospects for the remainder of the season uh, and and beyond. And that's that's the beauty about it. It's the way he campaigns his horses as much as anything else as well. I, I love you know the fact that we've got the, those three-year-olds and they are and um, and Hurricane Lane, uh, the way that they have been campaigned this season. Admittedly, uh, Adair didn't run on the weekend because of injury, but uh, you know the fact that he he took in the King George Hurricane Lane has run as often as he did, and and we had a, a horse of his calibre going for the for the Ledger en route to the Ark. It's it's great, and he's got it's se- seemingly uh, a raft of young talent ready to ready to go for next year. Uh, have we got to the point now with the great Coolmore horse of the year, St. Mark's Basilica, where we would actually be surprised if he did see a race course again? Is that the point we've now reached? Well, I'll be, I'll, I'll be honest, that, that is a disappointing prospect. The idea that we've, you know, it has been mooted a few times now in the media that we may not see St. Mark's Basilica on a race course again. Um, and I understand the commercial aspect of it all. I understand where Coolmore sit with the fact that sadly Galileo is no longer with us, and they need a replacement for him. Um, but nobody from the organisation has even exactly even suggested this yet. Exactly, it, that's true. No one from the organisation has said that. Um, but the, the prospect of not seeing St Mark's Basilica on a racecourse again um, is, is, for me, an extremely disappointing aspect of the 
uh, of the way that the, the last week has gone. I would love to see St. Mark's Basilica run perhaps on, on Champions Day uh, at Ascot. And I'd, I'd love to see him head out to the Breeders' Cup. You know, not entirely certain what race he'd, he'd go for, but but why not? Why, you know, why not try and stretch him out over a, a, a mile and a half or who knows? Who knows? But I love seeing these horses. He has had a stellar season and, and I still don't think we know how good, you know, when we talked about him last week and we talked about St. Mark's Basilica, Tanawa and Poetic Flail clashing, I, I said to you, the thing that I love most about St. Mark's Basilica is I still don't know how good i don't think i know how good he is and i still don't think we know how good he is i still think there's there's the potential for a little bit more surprisingly at the end of a season where he's won all these group ones i still think the way the races have unfolded suggests that there's maybe a little bit more to come so the idea of it being uh, ushered away to the breeding sheds would be would be extremely heartbreaking great response to joe foster yesterday as part of national racehorse week fellow yorkshire trainer Carl Burke, with his big stable in Middleham, has thrown open his doors uh, this week. Carl, you must have got quite a lot of satisfaction from being a big part of this. Yeah, no, it's, um, I think it's, it's important that the age we live now, there's, as we know, there's a, a large majority of the population have, have no interest in racing, let's, let's face it, but a small minority, a very small minority of those, that majority are very anti-racing and they have a very loud voice so I think we have to show how well as a group we have to show how well the horses are looked after and, uh, and cared for and that they're um, you know we, we do things in the right manner which, which uh, within the industry we know that uh, is the case but I think it's very important to show to the general public. And, and how did you find the response was and, and how did you how did you witness people reacting to the horses? Yeah, no, we, there was a lot of new faces um, that on other open days that people are happy to see. There's a few faces that we, we have been to speak at lodge before, but the general consensus was um, they were amazed how well how, the facilities that the horses uh, live in and how well they're cared for and how much time that the staff spent with them. And, um, you know, there, there was a, general, a genuine interest in... Um, in finding out more about the, the welfare of the horses. And, and as far as um, this weekend is concerned, you had a busy weekend at, at Air and, and Newbury, two races you won before the Air Gold Cup, and Bickerstaff will be on the fringe of, of getting into that race, and, and the Mill Reef down at Newbury. I know you've got um, significantly in the Group 3 down there. Which horses are you most excited about running? Um, yeah, we have a big team of horses going up to, going up to Air, Um I don't think we'll have a runner. I'm pretty sure we won't have a runner in the Air Gold Cup because Staff had a chance of getting in. He'll he'll run in the Silver Cup. Probably Shallow Al um, will be in the Silver Cup as well. Bicker Staff could run very well in that. Spy Catcher would have been a guaranteed runner in the Air Gold Cup, but he's just not ready to run. So um, unfortunately, he misses it. Um, but yeah, we've uh, chances every day really up at Air. You know. And, um, Hopefully, I run a nice filly in the Further Clyde. She won a maiden. It's a big step up to a Group Three, but she's a she's a nice filly of uh, Colin and Melba Bryce's snooze and you lose. So fingers crossed, uh, we can get at least one winner on Saturday. Been asking a lot of people, Carl, about um, the expanded fixture list for Saturdays and Sundays next year. Particularly Sundays, it's caused a significant division of opinion. Um, can it work? Can you make it work with with your staff? I believe we can, yeah. Um, and I'd be for it as long as it's um, 
as long as the prize money is is kept at the high level of the Sunday series that, that seemed to work very well this year, um, you know, we, we changed our staffing work routine at the start of 2020 and that's worked really well. And, um, you know, the staff had plenty of time off and because they have plenty of time off, even if they're due to be due to have time off on a particular day, say a Sunday afternoon, because they get plenty of time off, they're happy to go racing and fill in the, the blanks as, with, as needed because A, they're going to get decent um, overtime money and, and the horses are racing for good prize money, so everybody gets something out of it. But I do think it needs careful planning and if the Sunday racing is going to go back to low levels of prize money, then I'd be very anti it. Carl Burke there, and best of luck to him with all his runners over the weekend. Email has just dropped in my inbox asking for new members of the Horse Race Betters Forum. Their chair is Colin Horde, who's with me now. Colin, who do you want? Why do you want them? Thanks, Nick. Yes, the uh, the annual uh, each year the HBF carry out a, a refresh, and uh, we are looking for new members who are interested in betting on horse racing uh, from a wide variety. People who enjoy recreational betting, perhaps take their betting more seriously, and uh, those that uh, just enjoy watching horse racing as well. So we're looking for all kinds of people that will come onto the forum, and uh, we meet four times a year. Uh, currently over Zoom, and uh, we just uh, discuss the various issues, and we uh, often interview people uh, from the race course racing industry about uh, things that are going on in racing. And uh, what's the what's the goal of the HBF? What are you trying to achieve? Well, the, the, the you know one of the, the main aspects is that you know much of the revenue that comes from. Uh, horse racing is driven from betting and uh, so obviously bettors and punters are you know a key source of the funding and we believe that they should have a voice you know in terms of how that money is being spent and, and what it is being spent on so you know we're, we're keen to ensure that uh, that, that, that racing is, is seen to be fair and that bookmakers also uh, carry out their their regimes fairly and uh, we, we want to see that as well. So how do people get in touch and get involved? So yes, so uh, on our website, uh, on the news section, you'll see that the refresh is uh, there front and centre. So uh, people feel free to click on there and then just send uh, an application in, about 500 words about who you are and why you're interested in horse racing and betting. And uh, and we'll consider that in the next few weeks and, uh, and and get back to the successful guys. Thanks to Colin and before that to Carl Burke. Uh, Rishi is still with me. Rishi, uh, Air Gold Cup and Millery Stakes at Newbury this weekend. Anything you're particularly looking forward to there? Um, I think the Millery Stakes could be quite exciting, primarily because now that we've established that Native Trail winning the superlative at Newmarket is, uh, or that Native Trail is the best best two-year-old around, and he won the superlative at Newmarket where he bumped into, he defeated Dahab of John Gosnells, and arguably a furlong out in that race, Dahab had everything on the stretch, and he just emptied out uh, up, the, up the, the hill on the July course. So, the fact that he drops back to six furlongs uh, is quite exciting, and he's he's heading to the Mill Reef, and I think I think potentially he could he could blitz them in the Mill Reef, and then head on to to the middle part. I I think he's really exciting. And what about a winner today? Uh, I'm having I'm having two bets today. Lucky, uh, I'll be entirely. Uh, you know, asking for clarity, I'll confess to my two bets that I'm having today. I'm backing two bottom weights and two handicaps at uh, Yarmouth 
Uh, and they're both pretty obvious if, you, if you've been listening to me on this podcast before. The first is Crystal Starlet in the 350, the Phillies handicap, running off a mark of 72, a daughter of Franklin Crystal Zvezda. Um, she, she doesn't have that much to find with Future. She's only a couple of lengths behind. I think she's four pounds better off with Future, who's just oh. about the market leader. So oh, I like Crystal. Like hard, don't they? Rene Robeson, Rothschild family, trained by Sir Michael Stout. Well, it's it's not that that hard, hard a combo to like, is it? Uh, they've had a bit of success along the way. So she, I think, will win that Phillies handicap. And then I'm going to play up my winnings, although I've already backed it. Uh, Mango Boy for Jack Mitchell and Chris Wall uh, in the 425 and the quarter handicap. A little bit unlucky last time out um, in a, a slowish run race. And I think a, a better run race. Um, a horse who's running off bottom weight for, for Chris Wall in a handicap uh, with a nice progressive profile. That's hopefully going to stand me in good stead. One for the brother-in-law, one for Stouty. Oh, dear. That's so good. <laughs> she, thanks so much. Thank you very much for listening. That was Thursday, September 16th. Enjoy Canada. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association, and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary.